0: Welcome to the KC City Church audio podcast. We pray you enjoy this following sermon. Hey Larry, how are we? How are we church? Can you hear me? I'm assuming you can.
1: Yeah, Come on, can.
0: beautiful. Well, this is something new for me. I, I It's the first time I've ever had to preach from my house. So um, please be gentle with me. And... Uh, before we start, I want to just read a scripture, which is found in Philippians two and verse twelve, where it says, "Therefore, my beloved ones, just as you have always obeyed, not only in my presence, but now even more in my absence, work out your salvation with fear and trembling." <clears throat> and that scripture has always been, uh, I guess, not a not a, um, a puzzle to me, but I've always looked at that and thought, well. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling. Can I just divert from that just a little bit and talk about the tomb of the unknown soldier? Now, uh, around the world, um, around the world, there are some 59 countries that actually celebrate and have ver- when I say celebrate, have various tombs or crypts or statues that, that honour their unknown dead from various wars. Australia's got one, and they've got one in the Australian War, Memorial, War Museum in Canberra. And uh, America's got one in Arlington National Cemetery in Virginia. And, and that's the one I want to focus on this morning. Um, this year marks their 100th anniversary of uh, when the first unknown was interred at Arlington. And um, there are three soldiers that are buried there. There were four, but there's only three now, and there's one empty, one empty crypt. Um, and these were soldiers uh, that were they were unable to identify and that's why it's called the tomb of the unknown soldier and the the, the inscription on the side says known but to god so they're only known uh, to god and no one else prior to 1937 uh, the, the the tomb was was only guarded during the daytime so during the daylight hours people uh, would would come and they would see guards looking after the tomb but when the when the cemetery closed at night, the guards would go home, and and other people would come during the night, and they would come for various reasons. They may come to remember one of their 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 father or their brother or someone who had fought in the war, and that would be a a, a memorial to them. Others would come and have picnics on the on on the lawn around about. But since 1937 until today, the tomb has been guarded 24 seven three sixty five. In other words, every minute of every day there is a, a sentry called Sentinels. There's a sentinel on guard in front of that tomb. Rain, hail, or shine. Doesn't matter whether it's it's boiling hot and the and, and the sweat is pouring down off their face or whether it's freezing cold and the snow is falling, there is a there is a sentinel at the front or actually behind the tomb that marches backwards and forwards minute by minute by minute. Eighty-four years, the last eighty-four years it's happened. They're changed every half an hour in the in the summer months, they're changed every hour in the winter months, and then overnight they're changed every two hours. These soldiers are extremely dedicated, extremely committed. The soldiers who volunteer, because it is a volunteer uh, they're not inscripted, not inscripted to go there they actually volunteer to become a, a, a tomb guard or a sentinel. Uh, They've got to undergo a strict selection process and then they go through a, an intensive training program. Each element of the of the tomb guards it, it is, is worked out. the routine is worked down to the finest detail. They can take up to eight hours to prepare their their uniform. Before they go on duty to, to to guard the tomb. When the guard comes, there's a, there's a long black mat behind the tomb, stretches for 19 meters. And the guards come on there and they 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 march for 21 steps down that black down that black mat. Then they face east towards the towards the tomb and they stand and face that for 21 seconds. And then they'd face the way back the way they came for 21 seconds. And while they do that, they do what they call the shoulder arm movement. And they move the, the, the rifle from, from one shoulder to the shoulder that's, that's um, closest to the, to the public. Uh, and that signifies that they stand uh, in, in readiness to protect the tomb at all times. And then they march 21 paces back up that black mat. They face east again for 21 seconds. They face back the way they came for 21 seconds and they walk back down that mat again for 21 steps. And then they do that minute after minute, hour after hour for their entire shift. There is not a change that goes on in that, in that whole time unless someone is a threat to the, to the actual tomb itself. But that, that soldier or that sentinel marches back and forth protecting that tomb 24 hours a day. An awesome commitment. Those 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 sentinels are absolutely committed to to guarding, to to, to honouring the remains of those soldiers who who are buried there and, and for what they represent. And so, our reading in, in, in Philippians, and it's, I wanted, I guess, to to talk about the sentinels because it talks about them being on guard twenty four seven. So. For 84 years, over 84 years, they have been there 24 hours a day. I want, you to, I want you to understand that. They're actually there right now. There are soldiers there right now going backwards and forwards, protecting the tomb of the unknown soldier. I looked up the word tomb in, in the dictionary, not that I don't know what the, sorry, tomb, the word guard in the dictionary, not that I don't know what the word guard means, but I wanted to look at and see what, what words would describe the opposite of to a guard. So rather than a synonym, I looked up the antonym, the an- the, those that are against the guard. And I, I found words like disregard, ignore, forget, to give up, to surrender, to desert, to abandon, to neglect, to let go. And I wonder sometimes how how my life, how, how I might have let things go. I might have abandoned certain areas of my spiritual walk. I might have neglected certain aspects of 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 my spiritual life and and this morning I want to just quickly talk about the fact that you know this scripture in Philippians here work out your salvation with fear and trembling I want to make it abundantly clear that we don't we don't earn our salvation so I'm not talking about here working for your salvation with fear and trembling I'm talking about working out your salvation in other words being absolutely clear about the fact that my salvation is so important that I mustn't let the devil get a stronghold in any part of my life. I've got to guard my life every every moment of every day, 24 hours a day. I've got to make sure that I'm on guard to make sure that the devil doesn't have a, get a stronghold in my life. 1 Peter 5 and 8 says, stay alert, watch out. Your adversary, the devil, prowls around like a roaring lion, searching for someone to devour. And that's exactly what it's all about. And So this morning I've got just four points. And and, and the first point I want to bring out, and this is not something new, right? I I, I can't say that I've got some dynamic uh, insight or revelation, but this is something that we probably heard before, but I believe that God wants to, to... quick into our hearts again, and to make sure that we are aware that when we are guarding what God has given us, that we do it with diligence and commitment and not just uh, when we feel like it. So the first one is found in Psalm, uh, Psalm 39, verse 1, where it says, I will guard my ways lest I sin with my tongue. I will guard my ways, and uh, the Hebrew word here for ways is is translated a well-trodden path, somewhere where you a pathway that's been that's been walked down so many times that there's a that there's a groove or a rut or a, a well-drawn pathway. That that black mat I talked about behind the the tomb that the soldiers march on that is actually replaced twice a year because of that well-trodden pathway across it that they walk backwards and forwards, moment by moment. And because of that, there becomes a well-trodden path. And it says here, guard our ways, guard the ways that we live, guard the things that we do. You've probably heard the saying, oh, that person's setting their ways. And that usually means they've got a well-established pattern or a well-established habit and something that they've done over and over and over again and and it's become part of who they are and they've they've created over their lifestyle a lifetime they've created habits and attitudes and responses to certain things I've got I've got a way about me that, that and you've got a way about you that we've developed over the years and that's who we are And and sometimes it's so hard to change unless we get a a revelation from God, and and that's why it's so important. Where the Scripture says, you know, um, we are a new creation, and all things have passed away, and all things have become new. Because how awesome is that? That those sometimes those habits and those those things that we've created in our lives over the years um, may not be good, and so therefore we need that change. We need that, that, that that sudden change, but. The, 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 the idea of a habit doesn't happen overnight. It's a well-trodden path. It's something that we do on a, a consistent basis. There's a, there's a progression. Uh, I've said it before, and I've probably said it here in, in the church before, that, that you sow a thought and you reap an action. And so you sow an action and you reap a habit. You sow a habit and you reap a character and you sow a character and you reap a destiny. But there's this progression. There's this, this slow progression from, from the thought uh, to the destiny but from the thought to the, to the action and to the habit. And in, in, in Matthew three twenty nine, uh, Jesus here is saying, if your right eye uh, causes you to sin, well, then pluck it out and cast it from you. For it is more profitable for you that one of your members perish than for your whole body to be cast into hell. Now, Jesus here is not saying take your eye out, right? Maybe you might need to, but, but the, the context of it here is not about taking your eye out. It's about when you see things, and, and you see something that you shouldn't see or you see something that, that sparks a thought to then begin in your mind and and, and you start to create a thought. That's why the, the Bible says, you know, casting down uh, every imagination and taking every thought into captivity. It's like the guy who walks past, he's walking down the street and he sees a car parked uh, on the side of the road and he, as he's walking past, he notices that the car has unlocked and so that doesn't raise any, any Brahma with him he's seen that before but as he continues to walk in the back seat he might see a laptop in the back of the the back seat of the car and so all of a sudden because he's seen that and he's seen the laptop and he's seen the cars unlocked now all of a sudden the thought might begin to begin to develop in his mind well hang on there's nobody around he looks around there's no one here Uh, maybe I could actually grab that laptop and, and get away before someone sees me so that's, that sight, that eyesight that he's seen, the, the laptop now has created the thought. And unless he brings that thought into captivity, right, it progresses on to the next scripture in verse, in, in, in verse 30 of Matthew chapter 5 where it says, and if your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Cut it off and cast it from you. What it's saying here now is that the hand becomes the action. It's, it signifies the action. The progression from the thought now becomes the action. And so you think, well, okay, I can no one. There's no one here. Quickly grab that. So the thought now has caused you to to grab that laptop out of the car and run. <clears throat> that still hasn't become a habit. But as time progresses, and if that that thought is not brought into captivity right from the start, then that person could end up going on from there to be to 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 doing more and more, it becomes a habit. And Matthew tells us in chapter 18, verse 8, it says, "If your foot causes you to sin." cut it off and cast it from you. So now we've gone from the, 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 the thought to the action. We've gone to, from the action to now to the, to the habit, the way of life, the things that we do on if your foot signifies how you walk in. And so it, there's this progression that always occurred because we haven't Brought into captivity, and I'm sure Pastor Larry's going to speak about next week about the imagination, about the thought that we haven't brought that that thought into captivity, and we've allowed it to fest and we've allowed it to progress to an action, progress now to 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 a way of life. And the Bible says, "Guard your ways. I will guard my ways, that so I won't sin against you, Lord. I will guard my. I will guard the things." That's true of everything. It's true of of pride. It's true of anger. It's true of resentment. It's true of of um, uh, stubbornness and selfishness. You know, we we see something that somebody else has got, and so therefore we want that. And so our sight causes us to have bad thoughts, and those thoughts then, if we don't bring them into captivity, causes us to have an action, and we become angry. And so our way of life then is not pleasing to God. God our ways, guard the things that cause us to to have habits. We can have good habits. We can have good habits. You don't have to have bad habits. We can have good habits. And so guard your ways. The second point this morning I wanna bring out, and Pastor Larry's been talking about this and so this is nothing new. He's talking about speaking life and making sure that our words and our encouragement and life and not discouragement and, and death and Proverbs eighteen twenty one says death and, and life are in the power of the tongue. And that's, that's so powerful. We've got a friend in, in Sydney uh, actually, when I say a friend, it's someone that, that Trace um, grew up in the church in Sydney with before she moved to Melbourne and, and met yours truly. Um, but, um, and uh, he has written a book called You Can Change Your DNA, and, of course, the first thing that any doctor would say, well, hang on, you can't change your DNA because your DNA is who you are. You know, every cell in your body contains your DNA, so you really can't change that. That's who you are. But he he doesn't... He's not talking about that. He's not talking about our biological DNA. He's talking about... And he's used those 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 letters, DNA, and he's talking about our dominant neurological agenda. In other words, what motivates us from the inside? What What creates what causes me to live the way that I live. He speaks, he's spoken to many companies and he's a, been able to turn companies around that have been having million dollar losses from one year to two years later, having million dollar profits. And he hasn't gone in there with new spreadsheets. He hasn't gone in there with, with new ways of doing business and, and, and new marketing tools. All he's done is worked with the leadership of those companies. And he said, you need to change the way you, you think. You need to change the way you speak. You need to change your actions and, and how you you, you, you you view things in life. And as soon as those, those leaders grasp a hold of what he's saying, they, they've been able to change their, 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 their thoughts, change their words, and then their results have changed, and they've seen a, a, a dynamic shift in their, in their business. You can change your DNA. Guard the words that you say. There are so many verses in Proverbs that talk about that. I wanna, I'll just go through a couple. Proverbs 21, 23. Whoever guards his mouth and tongue keeps his soul from trouble. If you want to keep out of trouble, watch the things that you say. You know, it's so easy to get into, into an argument. It's so easy to get into trouble. It's so easy to, to, to start a, a, an argument or a fight with someone by the words that we say. But it says here, whoever guards his mouth, you'll keep, you'll keep out of trouble. You won't get into trouble if you watch what you say. Proverbs 15 and 1 it says, a soft answer turns away wrath, but a harsh word stirs up anger. We've heard that so often before. I've used that as an illustration in the in the banking realm how a soft answer has been able to turn away uh, that angry customer that walks into the branch. But it's more than that. It's it's more than than just that. You know, I was talking to Eve last week, um, and I was saying that you know when I look at Eve and I, I see the way she deals with her with her boys, I I say she reminds me so much of Tracy because Tracy and I are. are a worlds apart when it comes to the way that 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 our ways that we live, that the things that we do, it's it's quite amazing. They say to attract. Well, we are absolutely opposite in, in how we brought up our boys. And you know, many times when the boys were growing up, you know, with with me, it would be a it would be a, a singing match, or it'd be an argument, or it'd be raised voices and it'd be shouting. But with Trace, it'll just be that calm, still voice. And if the boys raised their voice to her, she would say, hey, "Hang on." i'm not talking to you that way i'm not raising my voice at you why would you raise your voice at me and their immediate response is oh sorry mum. sorry mum." and and it's so different you see the bible says here a soft answer turns away wrath and verse verse 4 of that same chapter of proverbs 15 it says a wholesome tongue is a tree of life but perverseness in it breaks the spirit one translation says kind words bring life but cruel words crush your spirit man I pray that I've never crushed somebody's spirit by the things that I've said, whether it be knowingly or unknowingly. That would be the worst thing to do, to crush someone's spirit, to, to bring someone down, to say that you're someone is no good or someone who's on a high that wants to do something and you say that one word or that, that one phrase that, that just crushes their spirit and makes them just turn around and, and forget what they were going to do. Let us never, let us never be that person who crushes somebody else's spirit by the words that we say. Proverbs twelve, eighteen, there is one who speaks like the piercings of a sword, but the tongue of the wise promotes health. And it's so true. So true. You know, there's always that person, or not always, there's sometimes that person who's able to just speak the right thing and say the right thing at the right time. It just cuts through and, and, and their words just pierce and and, and is able to just Break open and cause you to say, well, no, you know, I am probably no good. I'm a nobody. I can't do it. Ephesians 4 says, let no corrupt communication proceed out of your mouth, but only that which is good for edification or for building up, that it may minister grace to the hearers. Man, I want to be able to, I want to be the person who who ministers grace. I want to be the person who who encourages. I want to be the person whose words bring life. I want to be the person who doesn't crush a person, someone's spirit, but lifts them up and encourages them. Remember when uh, the Israelites were going into the promised land, they sent 12 12, um, spies to spy out the land. When I, was, when I was actually preparing the message, that reminded me of an old Sunday school song we used to sing, you know, 12 men went to spy out Canaan. Ten were bad and two were good. Some saw the giants tough and tall. Some saw the grapes and clusters fall. Some saw that God was in it all. Ten, uh, ten were bad and two were good. And and Caleb here in, in Joshua 14 verse 8, he gives us an insight as to why why some a generation of Israelites have died in the wilderness. And he says this. He says, brethren, my, because my brethren, that's the other 10 um, spies that went in to spy the land, brought back this negative word and their words robbed the people of their courage and caused their hearts to melt. <clears throat> A whole generation missed out on receiving the inheritance of God because someone's words robbed them of their courage took away that desire took away that 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 God had given them promise that that was the promised land right the promise was already there they were going to move in and go and take the land that promise was to them but someone's words robbed them of the courage to possess that promise our words can can bring doubt they can bring fear our words can bring anger they can bring hatred or they can bring despair but on the Opposite side of the coin, they can bring love and they can bring hope and they can bring courage and they can bring healing. Uh, and, and I want to be, be on that side of the coin. I mean, I want my words to be able to bring forth life. So God, your words, Job 4 and 4 says, your words have supported those who stumbled and strengthened buckling knees to be able to lift someone up just by the words that we say. So often we just think, oh, well, I can't provide something. I haven't got the finances. I haven't got the provision to be able to provide something for someone when all it takes is just a couple of words from you that will just lift them up and bring them to the place where God wants them to be. The Bible says, let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable to you, O Lord, which brings me to my third point. Proverbs 4.23, keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the issues of life. Keep your heart with all diligence. That word "keep" means guard. Guard your heart with all diligence. Keep on guard. In other words, watch what you sow in your heart, because one reason is out of the out of the um, the, the center of your heart will spring the issues of life. And that Hebrew word "issues" there can be translated physical, geographical, border. So let me read that that scripture again with that, con- with that connotation. Keep your heart with all diligence, for out of it spring the physical, geographical borders and boundaries of life. If you want to, to live a large, expansive life, you have to live a large, you have to have a large expansive heart. You cannot live a big life with a mini size, with a many size heart. So give me land, lots of land, under starry stars above. Don't fence me in. And that's a whole new message just all on its own, right? But we want to live an expansive life. We want to be able to say, God, you know, my heart, the geographical boundaries of my heart need to be big. Guard the things that I plant in my heart. Uh, the scripture says a good man out of the good treasure of his heart brings forth good things, but the evil man out of the evil treasures of his heart brings forth Evil things. Whatever you've planted, whatever you treasure, whatever you've desired to, to grow in the in your heart, whatever you've allowed to get in there, that's what causes you to come to what causes to come forth. How you live your life, whether it's going to be a big, expansive life, or whether it's going to be this mini, mini life, and and always battling and always struggling and always striving to get through. Whatever you treasure. That's what the Bible says in First in Corinthians chapter three, verse nine. First Corinthians, you are God's field to be planted. And we want, we want the power of God. We want the, the miracles of God. We want the promises of God. We want the, the power of God to be planted in our heart. We want his seed to be planted there because out of that we'll grow, we'll grow power and will grow anointing and will grow the miraculous and we'll, we'll see the boundaries of our heart widened and widened and widened until we, we live this great, big, expansive life. When Jesus talked about the, the sower and the seed. He said, "The sower sows the seed, <clears throat> and so and so God sows in our heart what He wants us to become, and God sows in our heart where He wants us to to be. And we need to guard against the devil. We need to guard against the enemy planting things in there. It's so easy for us to to watch things on TV or to to read books or to to go to places that 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 plant different things in our heart that will rob us <clears throat> and take away." the seed that God's planted there. You know, Matthew 13, 24 and 25 says, the kingdom of heaven is like the man who sowed good seed in his field. But while men slept, in other words, while they put kept their guard down, while they let their guard down, while they were asleep, while they weren't on watch 24-7, while they weren't marching backwards and forwards, p- protecting and guarding their heart, while they didn't have uh, that hedge around that their heart, the Bible says, "While man slept, his enemy came and sowed tears among the wheat and went his way." The guard wasn't on duty. The guard wasn't uh, wasn't awake. And and man, I couldn't imagine that happening in front of the the tomb of the unknown soldier. You know, minute by minute by minute. You know, they 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 do the same thing every day, and and their, their, their orders haven't changed. I mentioned I didn't mention before, but when the, when the guard comes on to to, to take over the duty, the the outgoing guard will say to him, posts and orders remain unchanged or remain as is. And you know what, that's another message all on its own. We haven't changed, our message hasn't changed, it's the same yesterday, today and forever. And so uh, our orders remain unchanged. But when they come on and, and the, the oncoming guard says, orders acknowledged and he takes over and, and, and the guard, there's, there, is no, there is no moment when there's no guard there. There's always someone on guard. But while men slept, right? The enemy came in and sowed tares among the wheat. And Jesus said this, the person who brings forth his good harvest in their life is the one who has accepted the seed of God, God's word, right? It didn't stop there accepted the seed of God's word, and then guarded it. And then guarded it. You know, people complain all the time about, about the life that they've got and, and about the, the drama that they have in their life or the harvest that they've come to experience throughout their life. And what makes the difference is the kind of seed that you plant. I quoted before out of the Good Treasure uh, Good treasure of the heart comes good things, out of the evil comes evil things. But the last part of that verse in in Luke 6:45 says, For from the overflow of the heart, he speaks. So the more you have in your heart, the more you grow in your heart. The good things, from the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. And finally, the fourth point this morning talks about in verse in 1 Timothy chapter 6, verse 20, it says, Timothy, God what was committed to your trust, or some translations says, guard what was deposited within you. Guard that which is been given, the, the deposit that's been placed within you. You know, and each one of us has been given a uh, a deposit from the Lord. Now I know sometimes we think, well, I haven't. You know, I can't sing, or I can't play an instrument, or I can't do this, or I can't do that. I'm a nobody. God, what? Why would God use me? But God has deposited his power, his spirit, his anointing in every single one of us. And, and we might have the ability to, 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 to gather resources. You might be the person who is able to gather resources. But your ability, you might be able to take those resources and, 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 and distribute them beautifully, work it out how they, how they need to be used and dispense those, those resources. Your ability might be to communicate or to teach someone. You may be able to, to comfort or to encourage someone. You may be able to solve problems. You might have this, this awesome brain that just sees the, the answer to every problem. God has deposited something in each one of us. And God expects us to to guard that which has been deposited in us. But you know, as I as I looked a bit further into this word deposit and, and, and what it meant, I thought I saw that, that it wasn't just the fact that we need to 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 guard what God's put in us, we need to then begin to utilize what God has put in us. That deposit is just the deposit, and we need to grow from that. We need to, to 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 see the the full the full outcome or the fruition of what God has deposited in our lives, and we need to begin to use what God has given us. And uh, we know the story of the of the, the talents, and and when the, the master went away, he go to one servant five, to another servant two, and to another servant one. And then he went off on on, on his journey. And when he returned, uh, unexpectedly, he called the the servants to account. And he asked them for for the return of of the, the, the money that he had deposited with them. And the first two came and, and said, okay, well, here's your money and we've duplicated your money. Here's double what you've given us and here's 10 and here's four. And, and his, his response to them was, well done, good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. So this deposit then, there was this, there was this, this idea that what he, what he has deposit, deposited with them needed to have a return needed to be used and have a return. But the, the third servant comes along and he digs up the, 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 the coin that he that had been given to him and he, he opens up the, the, the cloth and he dusts it off and he says, here we go. Here's the money you gave me. I've looked after it for you. You've, you know, as a deposit, you gave it to me. I've, I've looked after it. I've protected it. And, and here it is. And he was probably very proud of himself because he hadn't lost. He hadn't lost. And, you know, I'm sure some of us have lost money or, or lost something uh, through, through some investment we've done or something we've, we've created or something we've done incorrectly. Uh, but he was so proud. I, you know, I haven't lost anything. I've, I've given what you've deposited with me. Here it is. But he didn't get a, a well-done, good and faithful servant. He didn't get an enter thou into the joy of the Lord. What he got was a wicked and lazy servant response. And so there's this, this, this idea from the Lord that being faithful and, and guarding the deposit that God gives us has this idea that we need to use it, not just maintain it, but use it and create something from it so that God gets a return out of it. God expects us that, that what he deposits in us that we would, we would develop it and that we would increase. Uh, and that's what guardian is all about. 2 Corinthians 5 and 10 out of the Amplified says this, for we must all appear... Uh, and be revealed as we are before the judgment seat of Christ so that each one may receive his pay according to what he has done in the body, whether good or evil. But it's the last part of that verse that I want to talk about where it says, considering what his purpose and motives have been and what he has achieved and been busy with and given himself and his attention to accomplishing. What What are we busy with? What are we giving our attention to? God's deposited in us everlasting life. God's deposited within me the joy of the Lord. God has deposited within me the ability to be able to encourage other people and to and to, to show them a, a better way. God's deposited in you exactly the same thing. He's deposited in us the, the power of the Holy Spirit. You shall receive power after the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And so we have this deposit, and so now it's incumbent upon us to achieve and be busy with and give ourselves to and attention to accomplishing something with that. And that's what that scripture is talking about there. So so to round off this morning, we need to guard our ways, we need to guard our words, we need to guard our heart and we need to guard the deposit that God's given us. And not just now and then, not just when we feel like it, um, but 24-7, just like these sentinels that guard the, the tomb of the unknown soldier, 24 hours a day for the last 84 years. And sometimes we get tired. Oh, well, you know, I've been walking with God for 35 years now. And, man, it's, I'm so tired. It's, it's just it's getting to me. You know, I've, I've served God for the last 55 years. And, and, you know what, you know, I'm getting to the end. And, but it's not about that. It's not about that, it's about guarding what God has given us and placed with us. And so work out our salvation, not work for your salvation, work out. Be careful of the fact that don't give the devil the opportunity to step in and and, and take control of areas of your life that God wants to see flourish and grow and, and even in these even in these pandemic times when we feel like we, we, we can't do anything we can't go anywhere and we feel locked down and we feel so isolated, uh, these are the times that we need to be able to to reach out all the more and to guard all the more because these are the times when the devil can step in and say, see, see? Isn't God supposed to be looking after you? Look what's happening to the... You know, and these are the times when the devil can get that foothold in our lives and we need to guard against that and, and, and rise above and, and, and begin to understand that the positive God's given us, right? we can grow in that and we can develop that. Can I just finish with reading one last scripture in Proverbs four twenty three to 27. And I think it just brings it all, all together. Um, Proverbs four twenty three to 27. I'm going to read it out of the, the Tree of Life version, uh, for those of you that know me. The Tree of Life version, guard your heart diligently. So guard your heart. Guard your heart diligently, for from it flow the issues of life. Put away, verse 24, put away perversity from your mouth and keep devious lips far from you. Guard your words. Put away perverseness from your mouth and and devious lips away from you. Guard your words. Let your eyes look directly ahead and and, and, and fix your gaze straight in front of you. Don't let the devil get in there and distract you from what God wants to, what God has deposited in you. Don't let the devil get in there and and, and start to mingle with your mind and and say, well, hath God said, right? Guard what God has deposited in you. And verse 26, 26 says, clear a level path for your feet so that all your ways will be firm. Guard your ways. Guard your ways. Do not turn to the right or to the left. Divert your foot from evil. Amen? Guard your ways. Guard your words. Guard your heart. And God wants to deposit God has deposited within you, Hallelujah, Amen. You know, as I was looking at, and I thought, I said I've got four, had four points this morning, and and I've covered those four points. But I've got one, I've got a fifth point. And um, uh, if you've got your your emblems, um, as we as we just come around the table, and if you've got your emblems uh, this morning. As we come to to just commemorate, as we come to to remember the Lord, as we come to just to to um, excuse me, while well, I try, oh yes, as we come to just um, fix our eyes one more once more upon Calvary and what Christ has done for us. You know, I've I've labelled this last point: guard the revelation, guard the revelation, and. And as I thought about that, I'm thinking, well, what revelation is that, Brian? And it's the revelation that Jesus died and rose again. Because without that, we've got nothing. Jesus died. Without the shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. He rose again. Uh, And without his resurrection, we would not have everlasting life. And so as we guard that revelation, nothing else matters. Doesn't matter whether you believe whether if the ark uh, ended up on Mount Ararat or is not there today or can't be found. Doesn't matter whether you believe in this or believe in that. It's it's whether you the Jesus died and rose again. Upon that, upon that should be our guard. That revelation, because without that, without that, we have nothing. And so he said, uh, as we as we take these emblems, you know. He said, he gave thanks, and he, and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. This is my blood which was shed for you. So let's pray this morning and and, and thank God for, for what he has given us. Father, we, we, we thank you, Lord, for uh, the ability to be able to come and remember Calvary. We thank you for your sacrifice. We thank you for your body that was broken and your, and your blood that was shed. And Lord, we just pray that as we partake this morning, that Lord, you will once again refresh in our hearts, dear God. Let it never become just a ritual, but let it be something so dynamic and so powerful that we would guard this revelation with our very lives, dear God, we pray, because our lives depend on it. He broke the bread and he said, this is my body which is broken for you. Let's take and eat this morning. And after the same manner, also we took the cup, said, This is my blood which was shed for you. Drink ye all of it in remembrance of me. Let's drink and remember his blood shed for us this morning. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. God is an awesome God. Hallelujah. I'll hand back to the, the worship team now, but I pray that God has just spoken to you this morning, Lord. Let that that word continue to develop in our lives, continue to grow in us. uh, Help us to guard the things that you've given us that would need to be guarded. Uh, And can I encourage you, you know, if you've never done a study on the tomb of the unknown soldier, it is really an awesome study. Just Google it and and have a look at it. It really spoke to me and and brought out some really interesting aspects uh, about guarding the things that God has placed within my life. So God bless you all. Don't forget the Zoom after the service today, but thank you, Pastor Larry. Over to you.